0: Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue Podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Thiessen. This episode brought to you by CBS News Radio Connect. Connect Select offers stations a selection of stories to rip and read before they go viral. Learn more at MomentumMediaNetworks.com. If you've lived in the rural prairies, there's a good chance you're familiar with a Golden West radio station. That's particularly true in southern Manitoba, where it all started with the launch of CFAM 950 in 1957. You'd be hard-pressed to walk into a local business and not hear a Golden West station, or find a farmer who doesn't tune in to the Manitoba Farm Journal. And then, there are the funeral announcements which I've had the pleasure of reading. Like a lot of young broadcasters, I started my career with Golden West. On this episode of the podcast, I return to my roots, catching up with Golden West CEO Elmer Hildebrand. After more than six decades in radio and at age 82, the Canadian Association of Broadcasters Hall of Famer will tell you he doesn't have a lot of time for podcasts. As in the roughly 25 markets the company operates in, They just can't compete with his station's commitment to all things local.
1: My name is Elmer Hildebrandt. I've been in the broadcast business for 62 years. Started in a small radio station in Altona and with nine employees and kept
0: kept at it and I'm still there. So what was your relationship to radio? Did you grow up listening to radio? Sure.
1: Uh, I think all of us uh, in those days, I was introduced to radio in 1948 when... We got hydroelectric power on the farm, and at that point I would listen to radio, but I had no idea that I would ever work in radio.
0: So you were one of the first 11 employees at CFAM.
1: That's right, yeah. And, uh, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. Nobody had any experience at the radio station, so we sort of just wandered around and figured it out.
0: So can you tell me more about that process? <laughs> well, not yet.
1: You know, it was just uh, a process that you know, you learn how to do things and then we built it up one brick at a time, slowly, slowly. You know, kept our main focus of community service and uh, you know to which uh, we still adhere to today and uh, basically we found out that if we give the listener what they want uh, and not insult them
0: and treat them
1: badly, they'll stay with us. And so that's been the case.
0: So it started out as your farm and good music station. How, how did the Radio Southern Manitoba model evolve into community service radio?
1: Well, basically, it was very obvious to me when I got involved into the process to where I was managing uh, the operation that unless we did that, unless we stayed close to the community, uh, we would have a very short shelf life and uh, would disappear
0: So I've always heard that part of the sales people's jobs when the station first started was to go to sell radios door to door. What we did uh, early on in our history, we also applied for an FM
1: radio license in St. Norbert, which is a a suburb of Winnipeg. And we were sort of ahead of our time because there were really hardly any FM radios on the market. And so... Uh, one of my jobs as a salesperson at that time was also to uh, d- develop dealerships that would sell FM radios. And we bought uh, FM radios by the boxcar and But I think I was the only uh, salesperson that ever did that.
0: So the FM license was not successful then?
1: No, it wasn't because we were, if we had kept it, it would be very successful today. But we couldn't uh, hang on to it because there was like no business. And we sold it to the CBC.
0: So part of the Radio Southern Manitoba model, religious programming has always been a pillar of that. Is that still sustainable all these years later?
1: Well, what we did, uh, we had, uh, you know, church was an important part of the Southern Manitoba uh, landscape. And so we, we, on Sundays, we generally uh, had some uh, inspirational programs and uh, we didn't uh, have any commercial advertising which on some of our Southern Manitoba stations, we still don't to this day. And so it's just part of the fabric. I mean, the fabric of the community is school and uh, sports, recreation, church. And so uh, we want to cover the whole
0: landscape. And so that's part of the community. So you've been able to successfully repeat this in other provinces as well? Well, not quite uh,
1: the Southern Manitoba model And when we uh, branched out into Saskatchewan Alberta, you know, basically we uh, needed to uh, adjust the uh, program format somewhat um, to, again, reflect the communities that we were in. And so, but the basic tenant of remaining really close to the community and providing community service like nobody else does, that works in every... uh, center that we operate in. It doesn't matter whether it's Saskatchewan or Alberta or uh, Western Ontario.
0: What do you think of the whole digital revolution?
1: We've had revolutions uh, constantly since I've been in this business. Uh, you know, when FM came into being, then AM radio was going to be dead. Well, it's still there. When television came, oh, now radio's for sure dead. Then when color television came, well, now this is for sure the last nail for... Radio, is radio listening continues. And so when satellite radio came in, that would sort of be the death knell of radio. Well, that hasn't been the death knell because satellite has no local service. And so the same with digital. Uh, I mean, digital is everywhere, but much of the digital doesn't have a local service. So if you want to know what's happening in Plum Coulee, that's not going to be uh, on satellite or on any digital platform, unless it's our digital platform, which we happen to morph into, but then we can sort of marry radio and digital in such a way that uh, they're both viable. Yesterday we had a farmer appreciation uh, lunch in Plum Coulee. Uh, We had almost 600 people there for lunch, and that is all driven by AM radio.
0: In terms of the station's reach, that you don't feel that that's been eroded at all in in your markets, based on uh, people going to alternate digital sources like podcasts and satellite radio. In the communities that we're
1: we're the only one that will provide uh, news uh, about Morden or Winkler in southern Manitoba, for example. No no satellite radio station will do that. And the other thing, podcasts though they're uh, you know getting more popular Mm -hmm. and by the time you want to listen to it something else has come up that you can
0: actually listen to live and have to go to a podcast so you're obviously a privately held company but has your model your community based model has it held up revenue wise
1: it has yes we've been able to grow revenue every year for many many years so uh, so far it has
0: so do you think this is a lesson for some of the other broadcast groups who are, who are struggling or have had flat revenue in the last few years? You know, I don't know that. Uh, I mean, they have different, everybody has
1: a different model, yeah. and this is a model that works for us. And if we, if we didn't do this local kind of service that we're doing, we would have disappeared a long time ago, because wouldn't, why would we? Nobody needs to have a radio station for music, which used to be very important. But now the music is secondary to all of the uh, news and information and in the content other than music that makes people listen. If it was just the music,
0: then get it anywhere. In reflecting back on your decades in broadcasting, are there any highlights? Well, I mean, guess one of the highlights
1: is the fact that we've been able to grow and provide employment for a lot of people. And that's sort of a you know real joy of mine where we can Hire local people, provide uh, jobs to them. In many cases, uh, you're an exception. You didn't stay, but many people stay. I mean, so that's sort of a a big plus, uh, and that makes uh, makes it worthwhile from my perspective.
0: Do you have any anecdotes that you know particularly stand out?
1: You know, there are a lot of anecdotes, Scotty, but I don't know if I. uh, No, I'm not going to get into anecdotes.
0: there's not there's not one singular well, one, that
1: one that i should tell you okay okay so this so a long time listener of ours, uh bars they sold their house and they moved they had a dog they were unpacking and you know the dog kept barking kept barking kept barking and they had no idea why this dog kept barking and as they kept uh, unpacking more things they found the radio and they plugged in the radio and the radio started to play and the dog was quiet so this dog had grown up with a radio station that had always been on. And so this was a... It was now something missing. And so uh, that's a story that's hard to imagine. But
0: Well, one of the stories that I remember hearing is that some people have never moved the dial from 950 in this area. Oh, a lot of people have not moved the dial from
1: the station. No, no, for sure. Uh, I mean... There uh, and we've had a number of celebrations the last few years, you know, the 60th and the 50th, and you know, so many people remember exactly what they were doing the day we signed on in March 1957. They knew know where they were, what they were doing, all of that, and so you know, there's many people in southern Manitoba that haven't had to change their dial at all.
0: So that you know, intrinsic integration into the community. Have you been able to do that in most of the markets where, where you have stations? You know, I think the southern Manitoba market is unique. Uh, I don't think
1: it's replicated anywhere else in the prairies. And so what we do in southern Manitoba isn't really replicated elsewhere except the, the model. The kind of service that we provide in southern Manitoba is the same in Esteban or Weyburn and Swift Current. And it's the local service, uh, the, the attention to detail for local service, That's really what makes it work.
0: If you were starting out now, would you get into the radio game? Oh, for sure. I mean, this has been an amazing journey. Uh,
1: And people ask me when I'm going to retire, and I keep saying when it becomes work, what I do. It has never been work, so...
0: I hear you still come in at 4 a.m. No, I don't anymore, no. no. (laughs) 4.30. (laughs)
1: Yeah, right. I
0: mean,
1: (laughs) I come in when I want now, so... (laughs)
0: Is there anything else you want to add?
1: No, it's nice to see you. I'm glad that you're still somewhat in the broadcast business after all these years. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud.